This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of Reaction Series and specifically the Arsenal News. I hope you are well this morning. We're nearly through the week now of the international break and things are moving. We'll switch news to talk about, which is mainly uh, massive. But, uh, please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Yesterday evening, we did our fifth episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal fan series. I have a sit-down with an Arsenal fan that people to the Arsenal online community. Uh, we've also spoke to Hudges, Kev Campbell, James Benj, uh, Charles Watts. On, and for episode five, we spoke to Mo Hader, who, of course, previously and is now doing his own thing um, and joins me at Arsenal Lounge every Monday too. And uh, I, I knew that there was going to be kind of... Uh, I knew there would be a bit of a bit diverse reaction, uh, a split reaction to, to chatting because obviously he's got some divisive opinions and having been TV and previously not, I knew that in itself would cause some divisive opinions in the in the, uh, in the the backlash of the comments. But I thought I would receive quite some horrible comment um, in the chat about it. So that one, thankfully there was, while we were watching it, some really good comments, just rather not on the other end of the spectrum. I've just kind of found it's... One of the things is that I've noticed on the channel recently, and this will also bleed into the whole people that say these shows are too long. Well, I know you can go watch something else <laughs> if it doesn't matter to you. Um, like we come here to listen to football content and nothing else. And I find that odd because you have the decision whether you want to actually click on the video. Like you don't have to click on the video. Like it's not, you don't have to take time out of your day to click the video, you know. Watch even watch the content like this show that's just going to be made by Arsenal news, or watch the shows that's after games, or watch the podcast, or whatever. Or you can choose to watch everything. The, the channel is an extension of my interests. It's not like this. This isn't my. 
Daguna talk lawyer. Like I don't, it doesn't. The channel doesn't tell me what content I want to produce. I produce the content that I want to produce. So that was really strange. And I've also kind of always done the comment section. Kind of the rules, the unwritten rules behind the comment section is if you're not respectful to say, just don't say anything. If you want to disagree with someone's point, that's fine. Disagree with them in a respectful way. But if you can't do that without using insults or abusive language, you're just going to be gone. <laughs> it's as simple as that for me. Uh, and a few people said in the chat box, which was um, hit home a bit, they were like, this channel would be way bigger if like you opened up like the, the comments to abuse. And I was like, yeah, but I don't care about that. I've got my dream job. I've got the situation that I want to be in. And I want to build a community that's built full of respectful people. Um, so there you go. It's as simple as that. Uh, good morning to everybody in the chat box. I hope you're doing well. I'm not going to read through all of your names this morning because I know I've just rambled on for a, a little small personal rant of mine. But good morning to so many of you. Hope you're doing well. Uh, highlighting as many of you as I quickly can in the short space of time left. But without further ado, let's kick on with today's news, starting off with telling you, as always, to go and support the Arsenal way. And thank you ever so much for doing so. Really appreciate all the support, as always. And our first story of the day is talking about Arsenal's 5-1 win yesterday over uh, KB Hurga, who are uh, a team I've genuinely never heard of. Uh, but the women's side absolutely battered them 5-1. Had five different scorers, which I mean, in a 5 1 victory is, is pretty impressive. Catley, Paris, Ford, Patton, and Nobbs all getting on the score sheet. Um, they're doing fantastically well. Barcelona obviously did a number on us. Um, and I think that, look, we, we, we easily, for my money, have the best team in the league right now. Um, but Barcelona are just on a different level. And whilst they're in our group, it's likely that we'll probably finish second behind them. There's a chance that you never know. Every game, you start on the same field of 11 players. And uh, you know, we could get a result against Barca, but they are just so good. Uh, I very much doubt that we end up well. And the other, uh, the other Arsenal kind of youth outside of the Arsenal news outside of the men's team is, of course, the, the youth team played tonight against West Brom uh, in the Premier League Cup so uh, or the PL Cup. So make sure that you're uh, tuning in. I think you can actually watch it live on the Arsenal website tonight. So you should be able to watch the under-23s play on the Arsenal website. The game is at 7 o'clock. So if you're not doing it at 7 o'clock and you're a bit deprived of uh, of Arsenal, then you can watch the youth team play tonight, I believe, on the Arsenal website. So make sure you check it out. Our first story regarding the men's team, however, uh, is actually not really directly linked to the men's team, but I wanted to cover it. First of all, the big news of the week seems to be that Steven Gerrard will take over as Aston Villa coach. And so when Arsenal play Villa next, they'll be up against Steven Gerrard. To me, this certainly does feel like it's a move that's leading into a Liverpool job later down the line. Rangers did a really, really good job, got them back to winning the Scottish Premier, uh, Premiership. You've then got the situation where is that enough experience to take him into the Liverpool job after Klopp leaves? Maybe it isn't. Get him into the Aston Villa job. That's the next step. And then maybe the Liverpool job after that. So it's a good move for him. Uh, and then the other other news is around uh, the, the West Ham kind of 27% takeover. It's uh, look, I, I don't think this is something that's going to be impacting on Arsenal immediately but Daniel Kratinsky who's the the Czech I'm not sure I think he owns is it Sparta Prague I think it is in the Czech Republic he's taken over a 27% stake of West Ham and um he I mean there's the view that it could be a full takeover of uh, of Golden Sullivan a little bit later on down the line so West Ham already a very good team and doing very well in the Premier League 
could be getting quite a bit richer uh, should a takeover, a full takeover, complete in uh, the near future. Moving on to the direct Arsenal news, and we start off with Kieran Tierney's fitness. John Carver, who is the assistant to Steve Clark in the Scottish national team, says that he looked great this morning, full of running. He has been out some time now, but he was on the bench at the weekend, and he has come into the camp and trained exceptionally well. Hold on. The TGT sneeze is back. <laughs> but there you go. Tierney's back to full fitness. Really positive news for him. And uh, when we play Liverpool after the international break, knowing that he's going to be back fit and ready, that's going to be really key. But Scotland have got a couple of games, really important ones if they want to qualify for the World Cup next year. And they'll be hoping that they can do so because they haven't qualified for one in quite a long time. So Tierney hopefully will get some minutes for the Scottish side, maybe even playing in that left centre-back role of a back three. Could that be something he then returns to Arsenal to play in against Liverpool? It could be some really good timing uh, actually there. So we will wait and see. Uh, moving forward to Alexander Izak, uh, former, uh, I say former Arsenal target. He's been linked with Arsenal for some time, but it actually it turns out that Liverpool are now the side that are looking at the Swedish international. We know that Roberto Firmino's time at the club is probably coming to an end fairly soon. And they lack a real starting out-and-out striker. They've got Divock Origi, but he hasn't really been able to establish himself despite scoring a very good goal against West Ham. He's never going to be the Liverpool main striker. They're now looking at Isaac. Could, you know, rival Arsenal for that signature. So if you're a big fan of Isaac and you were wanting Arsenal to move for him, you've just received some competition for that place. Uh, Philippe Coutinho uh, is also now set to be a player that Barcelona are not convinced by uh, and are willing to move on. Javi Hernandez, of course, has taken over as head coach and he supposedly, reportedly, is not the biggest fan of Coutinho and therefore he will be made available for transfer. So all I'm saying here is brace yourselves because <laughs> you are about to see a barrage of Coutinho links to Arsenal. You can see it happening now. Not wanted at Barca. This is likely going to take place. You will see links with Arsenal and Coutinho. I, for one, hope it doesn't happen. I don't want Coutinho at Arsenal. Um, but you can expect those links to start uh, arriving very soon. Uh, the links to Tyler Adams that we saw uh, materialise in the summer, according to the Athletic, Arsenal were very much interested in the summer in the RB Leipzig American International. Can play in defensive midfield, can play at right back. And I think that in itself proves to be a really versatile option for Arsenal now. We need that depth in the midfield and we need competition for Tommy Asu at right back. This move now makes a lot of sense. And you can see this move taking place. I think if Arsenal want him, the only way they're going to get him is that they play the uh, the 40 million euro buyout clause uh, that's currently in his contract. That's the only way you're going to get him, which is around 34, I think, million pounds. That's what you're going to have to pay if you want to get hold of him. So... Tyler Adams um, uh, is the man that we are supposedly looking at. So there you go. Um, let's go to our final story of the day, which is Vlahovic, uh, or Vlaovic, rather. The Serbian striker Fiorentina has been linked with Arsenal heavily over the last week or so. But the all-reliable Charles Watts has come down to squash our dreams of signing the Serbian. He says, lots of talk about Vlaovic and Arsenal. My understanding of the situation is there have been no negotiations and he's not a target. Signing a forward clearly will be high on the agenda next summer. But as it stands, he's not the one they are looking at. No suggestion about who Arsenal are yet looking at. But Vlaovic, or Vlaovic rather, is not someone 
that Arsenal will be looking at. I trust Charles with his information. I think that he's very reliable in this field. So I would certainly lean towards deferring to his uh, judgment and his understanding on this move, but it does not look like um, this will be one uh, that Arsenal will pick up anytime soon. Could this change? Of course. Could Arsenal change their mind about him? Absolutely. They could end up going for him in the summer. But as of right now, 11th of November, no specific links to Blauvich. So there you go. We now move on to the final part of the show, which is, of course, getting your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, your queries into the chat box. So if you have one, uh, please do throw it in there. It's going to take a drink of orange juice because it is the morning and uh, we'll get right to them. Okay, let's uh, let's go through it. Let me scroll up the screen a little bit harder. Going to 360 David, who says, would you take Sergi Roberto from Barcelona? Contract about to end. Decent backup for Tommy Asu. I'm not sure. I know his contract's about to end. I know it could be quite cheap. If it was a case of him or no one in the summer to back up that position, I think I certainly would lean towards him. But I wouldn't sign him on a big, like on a lengthy contract. I think I would look to bring him in for a two-year deal maybe um, for free. You'd obviously have a signing on bonus, etc. But I don't think he's the guy that I would go for personally. I would rather go for, say, a Tyler Adams, someone that gives you a lot more of a higher ceiling to develop into. So I think that's going to be that's going to be the one that we probably see uh, take place. Someone along those lines that's quite versatile. That can play at right back and back up Tomiyasu, but that can also play in midfield. And we know from the Athletic that Tyler Adams is certainly uh, a position that Arsenal are going to be going for. So there you go. Um, let's go to Chris, who says, do you think Arsenal on their day can beat any team in the league by a margin of more than two goals? Um, yes. I mean, anyone can beat anyone. It's the kind of the, it's kind of what football's about. Uh, <laughs> football, it, you can have games like we've had previously where we've beaten Manchester City or beaten Liverpool or, you know, we've just pulled up a really odd result at times. I mean, remember we beat Liverpool, uh, was it a couple of seasons ago when Reese Nelson scored? Those types of results, they just pop up. They just happen because football is a sport in which anyone can beat anyone. So asking, do we think that they can? Yeah, because... Arsenal can just pop up out of nowhere and put in a performance like they did in the first 45 minutes against Spurs or like in the, in the whole game against Aston Villa or like in, in a lot of the game against Leicester. Yes, of course we can. Um, but can we do it on a consistent basis? That's the big thing. Consistency is what's the difference between making Arsenal a side that can beat anyone and going forward and winning plenty of games and getting to their targets of achieving the top four. That's where we're kind of at right now. Um, let's go to Ian Byron, who says, will we sign a striker this window or in the summer? Aubameyang really worries me. I think we'll sign one in the summer. I'd be very, very surprised, Byron, if we end up signing one in January. Wilson says, how many midfielders do Arsenal need to get in January? At least, at least one. At least one. Because if we don't get one, we're going to be left really short because of Partey and Elneny being in the African Cup of Nations. Granit Xhaka's fitness is still not kind of confirmed. We don't know when he's going to be back. We don't know how his rehab is going. We don't know if he's going to be back at the start of the window or whether he's going to be back later on in the window. So at least one, Wilson, is what I would say. Uh, Belage says, would you look at someone like Mark Rocker at Bayern? He's gone under the radar. Yes, I would, Belage. In fact, I've written about going for Mark Rocker and suggested him as a possible target. He's 
impressed a lot when he was at Espanyol. Played really, really well. And it was unsurprising to see Bayern go for him. They were losing Javi Martinez. They had a couple of injuries, I think, in midfield. They needed a depth in their side. They always like to have kind of these fringe players that they sometimes throw. And you think of like Chupo Moting, for, for instance. Bayern like having a couple of like wild cards in their team to throw in. And a Mark Rocker kind of fit the bill. He was going to be cheap. He was always going to move. It was an easy deal for them to do. Uh, he got sent off on his Champions League debut, I think it was, and he's not enjoyed the best of times there. But he's, from watching him his time at Espanyol, is still a very good player and maybe one worthy of a cheap deal to revive his career. And I think he certainly would move if the offer was there. Richard says, if we sold holding in the window, could we recall Saliba? No, as far as I'm aware, there is no recall clause in Saliba's contract. Wilson says, who is likely to finish higher at Man United or Arsenal? You'd hope Arsenal. Uh, right now, with Solskjaer in charge, you'd have to say Arsenal, um, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, Justin, would you take Victor Ozimen? Absolutely. Uh, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Napoli would ask for 100 million or quid for Victor Ozimen. Um, so I don't think you're going to see it done. Uh, James says, uh, hi, Tom. Great chat with Mo. What's your thoughts on the comments about Calvert-Lewin's magazine shoot? To me, it shows football has to make more progress and allowing players to do what they want. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some disgusting uh, responses to that, to be honest. It's clothes. Like, he's wearing clothes and people are losing their minds over it. People need to grow up. I unfortunately, had a really... Really not a very nice discussion about um, the under-23s playing in the uh, the EFL trophy. Uh, going to, you know me, I respond to things, I reply to things. I don't think on some pedestal that I can't reply to people. So I was talking to someone who replied to a tweet about the under-23s that played um, the other night in the Papa John's trophy and saying how it's like ruining the competition for the lower league teams. Now, I don't doubt that the lower league side fans have their reservations about that competition. But then very quickly, uh, that conversation turned um, into something that it wasn't. Um, and you could tell that there is still very much issues amongst the fan base, uh, not just Arsenal, but fans overall. And in, especially in response to the Calvert-Lewin magazine shoot, James, yes, there's absolutely always going to be those comments because there are horrible people out there. It's as simple as that. Um, Paul James says, do you think Saka is playing less well or being marked and fouled more this season? Or is it uh, a bit of both? Uh, I think as you become a more notable player in the league and you your kind of influence on your side becomes more vital, opposition teams are going to set up to start taking you out. You just look at Jack Grealish and how many fouls he wins for England and Man City and previously Aston Villa. That's what happens. That players, you get... The players get instructed to get close, to get tight, to be physical with those influential, especially the, te the technical dribbler types that Saka and Grealish are. So, yeah, absolutely, Paul. Uh, Luke says, who would you like to see Arsenal uh, bring in January and in the next summer window? Look, it's hard. It's really difficult to say who because who I would like to join and what's realistic and, you know, what's a fantasy is very different. Realistically... I feel like Arsenal should be able to go and say bag a Zakaria in January. Um, possibly if they want to spend a little bit more, maybe go out and sign a Basuma from Brighton or a, uh, a Gimaraes from Leon. But a Zakaria, someone like that, should be possible with six months left on his contract. Or a Kessier from AC Milan with, again, six months left on his deal. Striker situation, do we need a striker in January? I think we can get by without a striker in January, but I think we will need to be a little bit cutthroat with either of Balogun or Nketiah and say simply, look, 
one of you is going to have to stay to support Lacazette whilst Aubameyang is out uh, with the African Cup of Nations. In the summer, I would like to see us push for a, a Vlaovic type. I would like to see us go for a Dominic Calvert-Lewin, someone of that ilk to go up front. I would absolutely have no problems with that at all. There are a few strikers out there. Yusuf Enesri from Sevilla. I always talk about him. I like him a lot. If we ended up with Isaac, I'd be happy. I think he's still a player of lots of potential. I don't think he's necessarily someone that would give us an immediate impact in the coming season, but I think he's still someone with a lot of potential. I'm just not 100% convinced by him. But, you know, players can prove people wrong, as we've seen through videos circulating on social media in the last 24 hours, quite gratuitously. Um, Deep says, if Marseille meet all of Gwendouzi's clauses, can we still sell him to the highest bidder? No, the, the, they have the, the obligation clause. But he's going there. As far as I'm aware, he will be a Marseille player next season. Jonathan says, re the right back would be nice if we go for someone who can take a long throw. About time to make our opponents feel what we feel conceding that way. No, you never know. Maybe it's something that we'll have with uh, Tyler Adams if we were to bring him. I don't know how good he is at long throws. Halel says, if we switch to a back three for the Liverpool game and it's successful, do we continue with it or move for the 4-4-1-1? Uh, I think that it's fine to switch out teams and switch out formations for different teams. But I think that Arsenal, the better they get, the more established they get as a as you know as a challenging tie for the t- side for the top four, will need to focus on themselves. Uh, I mean, you look at West Ham, you look at Brighton. Both of them played a back four against Liverpool, and they got something from those games. So we can choose to do either. We just need to be on the absolute top of our game and not force any mistakes whatsoever. Um, let's scroll down a little bit more. Jay Dime says, "Would you take Tammy next season?" Love what you're doing, by the way, Tom. Thanks, mate. Would I take Tammy Abraham? I think he's doing a really good job for Roma. I thought he did a good job for Chelsea. I think people wrote him off very, very quickly. Um, I think he would be of a, he would have been a fine choice for striker, uh, to be honest. I think he's going to develop into a very good forward. And Chelsea may regret letting him leave, although they do have a buyback clause. So that's always going to be something there. Uh, Venkates says, why aren't we buying underrated players from the Premier League? Rafinha deserves to be at a bigger club. He's so underrated. I think we are, Venkatesh. Ramsdale. Ben White, like we've signed players. I think how how underrated could Ramsdale have been? How underrated could White have been? Barely anyone really rated those two signings for seventy four million pounds, and they've been worth seventy four million pounds between them without a shadow of a doubt. So we are buying underrated Premier League players, in my view, and maybe we're going to look to do that more in the future. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit more. Uh, Tony, uh, Tony says, Tom, Stevie G may refresh Villa, but is he really an improvement on Dean Smith? Who knows? We have absolutely no idea, Tony. We'll have to wait and see. He's such an unknown variable at this level. He really could be. He might not be. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Alan says, hi, Tom. Do you think William Saliba will be sold to Barcelona to replace Gerard Piquet or Real Madrid to replace Sergio Ramos and Rafa Varane during the next summer window? Do I think there might be interest from those clubs? I would be shocked if there was no interest. He is drawing a lot of attention. He is improving every single game while playing for Marseille. There will be interest in him in the summer. He has two years left on his deal. If he thinks he can get more game time playing at one of those clubs and they guarantee him more game time, I wouldn't be surprised to see him push for a a leave for a transfer. But as far as we're aware right now, he's thinking about Arsenal at the end of the season. He's thinking about coming back and trying to get into the Arsenal team. So fingers crossed that's what happens. Uh, Would I take Bamford, says Accurate. I wouldn't. And the reason why I wouldn't take Bamford is just because of his age now. He's 28. 
He'll turn 29 at the start of next season. I think that that's too old of an age bracket to be going for. I think we need to go for someone in there. Early to mid-20s, that is someone that we can then see develop over the next five years, continue to improve. With Bamford, you get what you buy. You get what you've seen over the last couple of years. That's what you'll get from someone like Bamford. I think we need to look at a younger age profile, someone that we can invest in over the next five plus years. That's what I would go for. King says, thoughts on Gabrielle's contract. Should we renew it now or in the summer? Renew it. Just renew the contract. As soon as you possibly can, renew him. That He's an absolute must. He'll have two years uh, of his contract used up at the end of this season. We need to make sure that we are on that. He'll have three or two or three years left on his deal. We will need to ensure that we renew that contract. Halil says, personally, I think the 3-4-3 is the future of football. So if it were possible for us to find success with Tierney at left centre-back this season and then next season bring in Saliba to be the third, I'd be all for it. It's not a bad shout. Maybe it is the future. I don't see many of the top teams bar Tuchel's side using it um, at the moment, but that could change. We'll wait and see. Uh, let's move forward to Oliver, who says, how good would Jesus, uh, or Jesus, I suppose, be for us? Gabriel Jesus, uh, Manchester City. Uh, he's playing a lot on the right. And I mean, that's a position that Saka's got uh, right now, very much nailed down. Yes, he's more naturally a striker. I'm not sure. I think you'd be mad to say no if he was kind of made available. I think he's proven he can play at the Premier League level, that he can score for a big, big side. Maybe he's someone that you could look at. Uh, but he's not really playing week in, week out at uh, at Manchester City in that striking role. That's the only issue I would have with it right now. Maybe if he went back into that striking role, then maybe we would look at him a little bit more. Uh, so there you go, Adros Sasa. Yeah, I probably would take Gabriel Jesus, but I would think it would be a bit of a risk. Ian Acho, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what it is about Ian Acho. He's, he doesn't... He doesn't yet convince... I think he had a really good end to last season. He scored a couple of goals this season. I'm not sure if he is the striker that he was at the end of last campaign or whether that was kind of a Joe Willock period, if you know what I mean. So he needs to be seen more consistently. That's that's what we need to see. Um, uh, let's go. Accurate. If you want to go and listen to the, the Mo thing, you can do from yesterday. No, I think he you know, he stood up for what he believed in and, uh, and moved away from it for that. And I can only respect that. Um, let's go to Venkatesh. He says Bernardo Silva was rumored to leave. We might get him cheaper next season. Uh, I don't think he wants to move to Arsenal. Um, I, I don't think that he is someone that sees Arsenal as the next step in his career, personally. Uh, Food for the Soul says, Don't players get to watch football when preparing for upcoming matches? How is it that Ben White doesn't watch? Uh, you, how do you know that he doesn't watch the games that they send him? He all he said was is that he doesn't watch games outside of uh, what he's told to or what he's playing in. Like he probably gets given games to watch by the club, whether he watches them again is another thing. But just because a footballer doesn't watch football outside of his own games or outside of what he's told to watch in training, that's fine. Fair play to him. Focus on your mental health. Do other things. Focus on getting your head right and you know relaxed and and out of the game if you can do. It's all they do every day is football. Trust me, all I do now is football. Wake up, talk about football, go to work, write and talk about football. It's good to not talk about or write about football for a few hours, trust me. When your life is just football, which is great and I don't take it for granted, you do need to get out of it sometimes. You do need periods of time where your mind is fried. And so I can only imagine for a footballer that it's dialed up to 11, 
And so to be able to, you know, detach yourself, get away from that, it's important. It's absolutely important. Um, Jonathan says, uh, Fiorentina signed Vlahovic in 2018 from Partizan for 2 million euros. Now his value has skyrocketed. Sometimes I miss Arsenal making these kind of signings. Remember when Eduardo da Silva, I mean, Gabriel Martinelli, Nuno Tavares, Rob Holding, like Arsenal still make signings for small fees and then they turn out to be really good. Uh, I think people maybe sometimes take it for granted what we do. You think about, we've signed a couple of others. Uh, Omar Rekic, we signed from Hertha Berlin, very small amount of money. Nikolai Moller came in from Malmo, very small amount of money. Salah Adin, we signed on a free after we left final. Joel Idaho, we brought in from Ajax for a small fee. These guys could all develop into something quite special. We have to wait and see whether that's the case. It takes time. Blurvich has proven to be a massive, massive talent, and it is only one in a thousand that do. But we are still making those small investments in players and we have to now wait and see whether or not they come through to be quite good. So we will have to wait and see. Uh, let's go for Philip who says, what's the longest slash shortest amount of time the African players could be missing? It's a really good question, Philip, and I honestly don't know the answer. I mean, if I can have a... Let's have a look at the African Cup of Nations fixtures. Uh, let's go. The last group game is on... The 20th of January. So I imagine that the, the earliest they'll be back is a few days after that. Um, that's the earliest. But uh, Ghana are very strong African sides, uh, as are the Ivory Coast, So as are Egypt, uh, with, of course, Mohamed Salah. So you can expect that at least El Elneny, Pepe, and, uh, and Thomas Partey will be gone from beyond that. The round of 16 ends on the 26th of January. The quarterfinal ends on the 3rd of February. Uh, and the final ends on the 6th of February. So, look, wh whoever's there is going to be gone for at least three weeks of January minimum, uh, probably longer. So we can't, we, we can't take it for granted how long they're going to be gone for. We need to be prepared. And that may mean bringing someone in. Um, so we'll wait and see. Um, Samia says, Tom, do you think the club shares are concerned about the midfield options we have? The busy period is coming and we have a 21-year-old and a right wing back turned into a centre mid. I would argue that we have a centre mid that was turned into a right wing back. I would disagree with you there. I think he is more naturally a central midfielder. That is his natural position. He's just been played out of it for quite a while. But I agree with you in the sense that we're very light there. If, without Granite Xhaka... That's, you forget Granit Xhaka very quickly. We'll still be there if he's back from his injury. We expect him to be back in the new year. We just don't know when in the new year that's going to be. It could be the early start of January. That's when we were told that he was meant to be returning for is the start of January. It may not be. We will have to wait and see. But I do think that they are looking at a central midfielder and I think that's on their radar. And I don't think they'll allow themselves to be left short after the issues that they faced with the whole Tierney injury in January and letting Kalasnach go and not bringing in a backup. I think that they will be prepared. So we'll wait and see. Um, Vishal says, Moller, in my opinion, is in the exact same mould as Vlervich. Big, physical, imposing and good in the... I mean, ironically, Valvich isn't the best in the air. Uh, that's actually an area of his game that he needs to develop, ironically. Just because a player is tall, he can't assume that they're going to be great in the air. Um, and it's, it's an area of his game that he does need to improve in, actually. And it's, it's the ball that is at his feet that he's really good with. Um, but he's far from being the level to start. Hope he works his way through. Look, he's barely playing at, at uh, Victoria Cole. I'm not sure that Moller's going to turn into a starter for Arsenal. I think he'll be a player that we sell for a profit a little bit later on down the line. 
360 David, no, I wouldn't go for Zaha. His time has been and gone now, I'm afraid. Uh, Inga says, don't you like the thoughts from Norway? You never talk about my suggestions. I'm sorry, Inga, I just talked about one there. I've definitely said your name before, Inga, but there's a lot of people commenting and I don't favour people over others. So apologies, I just pick up comments that I see. So there you go. Um, let's go to why is this person being really odd in my chat box? Uh, let's go to JDB says, uh, some if we would face Villarreal back again in the same occasion, semi final, but with fans and different teams, especially Arsenal. But will Villarreal out of experience out experience us, or would Mikel get his revenge? Um, I feel like now we're a much better team than when we were when we faced Villarreal last time. I would certainly be more confident going into that game right now than I was then. We still should have beaten Villarreal. We should have progressed past them. That's why I was so, so disappointed when we were knocked out and very much in the opinion at that point that Arteta was not the right man to take us forwards. That game convinced me. It took me off of the Arteta train. That did fully. And I couldn't, I couldn't support what I was seeing because the decisions made that knocked us out of the Europa League were so poorly made that it was, it was impossible for me to continue to say, there's enough evidence here for me to suggest that we need to continue. Now, gradually, he's working his way back, and that's great. And I want to see Arteta succeed because if Arteta's succeeding, Arsenal succeeding. That's all I care about. He at Christmas we will, you know, we'll sit, we'll judge, we'll wait, and we'll find out whether or not um, we'll find out whether or not we, we we've made the right decision in keeping him. I think that at that point is a really good time to sit back and evaluate where we are. So that'll be a good place. Anyway, I've been going over 30 minutes now, guys. So thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate your support as always. Make sure to drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already. Make sure to check out the video on the channel from last night if you also haven't done it already. Try to keep a level-headed mind. And uh, if you've got nothing nice to say, I always find the best way. Don't say it. That's always a way to go. Um, but other than that, yeah, I'll be back this afternoon with the next episode of uh, the Canton and Simu show around 5 p.m. UK time. So make sure that you tune in for that. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys, as it always is. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your Mook delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.